to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stream and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello, welcome to episode 275 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along. Day eight of lockdown. For uh, some of us. For some of you. <laughs> I did three days of lockdown. That was enough for me. I'm back at work. Uh, I, I look, I, I, I look back fondly on the days of lockdown right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm working, uh, eight, uh, seven, eight days a week, uh, six days a week. Okay. Um, do the math. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. The math. Yeah. I'm actually feeling quite, uh, drained from work today, actually, as you can tell. Uh, that and I'm back on the Canadian dr- club and dry. There you go. Uh, two days without drinking went well, and then uh, he stepped back into it as predicted. <laughs> yeah, well, as I mean, planned. I just said yeah. I was not going to drink for two days. I did that. Now I'm drinking again. That's right. You seem to be drinking responsibly. I just want to throw that out there as well. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so interesting week. Um, so I got called up early one morning. So I'm, I'm going to preface this with... This is a story of car troubles. <laughs> it, it, it is. <laughs> so I got got called. I was supposed to be off work all week, uh, and I got called Tuesday morning. So not far into the week, really. Not at all. <laughs> I had they, my, they I had my three days back. of lockdown: Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, and then Tuesday morning I called about oh, I don't know twenty past six or something. I was about to get up, um, and uh, he says, "Oh, you know, um, the inwards guys is, is called in sick." Uh, do you want to come in and unload trucks for us today? I'm like, yeah, okay, when do you want me there? Oh, about half an hour ago. Oh, okay. Jumped out, shower, grabbed something quick to eat, just a piece of toast, whatever. Dressed, obviously. Jumped into the car. Tick, 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 tick. No turnover. Like, Crap. Sam, can you wake up? Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you got jumper cables? Yeah, I've just bought some new jumper cables. That's so right. <laughs> so right. go out. No, nah, they don't work. <laughs> Sam, I'm borrowing your car. <laughs> well, you're in lockdown. Who cares? We do have to prof- like say that my jumper cables are rated for a like 1600cc engine, up to three litres, it says. My car's 1200ccs, and Chris's 3.5 litre. Yeah. So... I think maybe if it, it almost got there, but it just didn't want to fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, and that, that's fine. And that, that wasn't a problem, but it was so just Chris like, my car. you know, I'm supposed to be in a hurry. <laughs> and because what had happened, as I worked out later, was I'd, I'd come home on Friday. I had some shopping in the back, and I think when I picked up the shopping, I hit the switch on. Interior light thing. Interior light behind the driver's door, so I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. And uh, that was on for four days while I wasn't driving it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday morning when I went to drive, uh, no. So that was all right. So I drove Sam's car. Yeah. And that was good. And I only cr- crunched the gears a couple of times because oh, yeah. it's a manual <laughs> and I've been driving an automatic That's what happens when you haven't done it for a yeah. while. Yeah. And uh, when I got home, it was all good. And uh, I brought back a... Battery pack from work. Yeah, battery jumper pack. Yep, so that worked. My car's good. Everything's drive, good. All good. And as I drove back in from taking that for a drive, I think, yeah. I said, uh, oh, Sam, you got a flat tyre. Um, On the that, back. That was probably me because <laughs> I'm the last one to have driven it. Had this uh, big piece of 
like a wire or wire something? or a giant nail. Like I don't know. It was very big, like yeah. six inches long, maybe. Yeah, Sticking steel out. thing. Yeah. So that's not good. Yeah, so uh, we we changed the tire in the driveway. That's a bit of fresh air for isolation. Yeah. And then... uh, Put the little uh, space saver on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, you can hardly tell the difference in your car. I don't know. (laughs) Between the normal tire. It looked pretty bad. Um, I do hate those. I do hate those. It did look like putting a a bicycle wheel on the car. So uh, how did it go uh, getting a new tire? I was curious because I was like, oh, that might be a problem. In no, lockdown? Uh, yeah, so there's a few places that are open for tyres, and out of the main ones, Bow Repairs and Firestone slash Bridgestone only have the two branches in Hamilton City open, both on Anglesey Street, one at each end. Yeah, so Anglesey Street is just around the corner from us, basically. Yeah, yeah. So Firestone basically says on the website, we're only dealing with essential workers' vehicles, or essential businesses, is the way it was on there. So I was like, oh, okay. Bow Repairs said, we'll help you out. Uh, and then you had to try and get hold of them. Tried ringing a few times. You go to a call center. That didn't work. And then uh, next time it says, if you just press two, we'll hold your place in the line, but we'll ring you back. So I did that. They rang me back super friendly. And I said, oh, you know, got this thing sticking out of my wheel. Uh, can you look at that? And they said, yep, not a worries. Oh, we'll try and get it done this afternoon. But... Because that way, if they don't have a tire and they need to replace the tire, then uh, they can order one overnight. But then they said, oh, actually, we've got no space available. 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. I said, okay, sweet. Now, on the website, there's a whole list of uh, instructions of what you do. So I pulled up 10 o'clock. The door's closed except for four inches. You knock on the door and they're like, yep. And I said, oh, I'm here for a 10 o'clock thing. He's like, oh, yep, sweet. And then this tray comes sliding out, reminiscent of a food tray in a prison movie. <laughs> Throw your key in there. And then it goes back into the building. Yeah, you hear them spraying it with disinfectant. Yeah. And he says, oh, what are we doing? And I said, well, I've got this thing sticking out of the tire. I don't know if you can repair it or not. And he goes, oh, hey, I'll come out and have a look. Opens the door and like sheepishly comes out. So he's nowhere near you. And then I said, it's in the boot. Oh. But the keys, I've just, you've just pulled the key back inside, so I have to go get the key. Opens it up, looks in, and he goes, oh, yeah, sweet. I can repair that. No worries. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, give us 20 minutes, and then, um, yep, that'd be sweet. So I'm just standing around doing nothing. Now there is a ton- There's nowhere to go either. It's not like you can go, oh, I'll go down and grab an ice cream down the road or, no, or whatever. No. So I went just down the road, and there's a heap of cars- and now that I think about it, I assume they're from the fire station. There's a heap of cars parked outside oh, yeah. Freedom Furniture and all in that car park. Yeah, yeah, the fire station. And then just at the end of there, there's a driveway. And at the back of Midas is another mechanics place. For some reason, a lot of people were driving into that alleyway and parking up all next to each other. It's like a convoy of cars. I don't know what that was about. Didn't want to go down there in case it was a bit weird. Anyway, so that's all good. Then the dude rings me back and he says, it's definitely a puncture repair. Um, That's all good. You have to ring the call center people and uh, do the payment with them, which I knew about because they're not touching any FPOS machines or anything like that. I'm like, okay, cool. Sweet. So I ring them up. I get through pretty quick. Very friendly, I have to say. Very professional. One of the best call center people I've ever spoken to. Well done. Well done, Bow Repairs. So I'm talking to them and she goes, yep, sweet ass. She goes, we would prefer if you can do it online 
and not um, give us the details over the phone. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. That's sweet. That. We will email you all the details. Sweet. Yep. Sort it out. Okay. Hang up. And I'm like, I've never given them an email address. What are they on about? So she rings me back two minutes later. Hey, uh, just realized I said, don't have my email address. She goes, that's it. <laughs> so they send me a form and the form with bow repairs. I didn't realize this, but on their website, you can book anything normally and you can look through all their tires and go, I want that tire. And you book in a time and date and all that. So when she sent me a link, it was a generic link that said um, 36 bucks for a puncture repair. And I just put my name in and paid for it, but I didn't book any time or date or anything. I just went pay. So that was all good. Then I wandered back and uh, they were fluffing around trying to get an ambulance into the building without letting other people in because they were actually really busy. Um, and then he brought my car out and he says, we're just waiting for the payment to clear once we get confirmation. All yours. Okay. So did that. Gives me the key. Eventually. Yeah. All good. And then I went to uh, the hellhole that is pack and save. <laughs> and so we go to uh, the second one. Actually, just be. We'll call this an ad break yeah, okay. while we're waiting, because then you tell that story. So um, Ming at work was saying, have you seen that thing in India? So all these migrant workers that were in, I think, Delhi or something, they all had to go home. Yeah. And they're all going to the villages. So they, they, they're the day workers or whatever, and they oh. all got, had been yeah. locked down. And they're finally going home. And whatever state this is in India, they're getting them to sit on the road when they come to – they barricaded the village or the town out. Yeah. And they get them to sit on the road, and there's three guys in like hazmat suits with fire hoses <laughs> with disinfectant yeah, in them, yeah, just good, spraying good. them down. And he went to show me that on the video, but it failed to load. So you know what you need if you want good mobile broadband? You need Skinny. That's right. And there's some friendvertising uh, things that you can do. You can find the link at the Chris and Sam podcast. Use the code SAM, and you will get an extra four gigabytes of data when you sign up. And then you'll uh, be able to watch the video because all I saw was a circle going around the whole time. And he go, he just described it and went, yeah, that's what it is. That was, yeah. <laughs> okay. So good. tell us about the saga of Pack and Save. Generally, I'm not a germophobic person. Things don't bother me. But this coronavirus, the way it spreads and how quickly it can spread and easily, easily yep. it changes the way you think about things. Absolutely. I do not feel comfortable going to the supermarket with shorts and a t-shirt on. Uh, so I've got long pants and a long uh, hoodie on. Funny you should say that because I wear short sleeve shirts. And today I was like, I just feel weird. starting yeah. wrong, to feel wrong. Yeah. But I do wash my hands all the way up to the yeah, elbows yeah, yeah. several times a day at work. So, anyway, I had, so I had rubber gloves on and a mask. Other people did. Didn't feel out of place. Fine. Yep. We're all standing in line. Uh, probably 30 people deep. I'm at the back of that waiting to get let in. Is like, there a good spacing, or they're not? Yeah, pretty much, except for the woman with two kids just running around rampant behind us and amongst everyone and everything. That's a good place to take your kids. Anyway. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you want them to get sick because you uh, only want the strong kids to survive. That's right, yeah. So there's a guy with a knapsack sprayer, and he's spraying down everybody's trolleys. But then he gets um, interrupted by the other pack-and-save worker, and they are probably 30 centimetres away from each other. They might as well have been hugging. And then he started to spray all the trolleys with all the little baby uh, seat things in, which nobody was using. And he forgot about the whole rest of us as we went in. Like, don't worry about you guys. So I don't know when the last time my trolley was cleaned, but I was feeling good. I had gloves on. 
So I go in. So it's interesting. When we come in, there's a big spiel at the door with us. Yes. And um, I, and I was, as I was going out today, I, I knew they were doing this, and I, I made sense to me, but this guy comes in, he's pushing his trolley, and he goes, oh, can you use the hand sanitizer? i got gloves on. Yep, put the hand sanitizer on the gloves. We don't know what your gloves have touched. Exactly. Like, people don't think. No, no, no. Like, at all. Like, no. yeah, you've got gloves on. Put the hand sanitizer on the gloves. And he's like, Whoa. and he had to say it like three times. And I'm like, try not to laugh. But anyway, sorry, carry on. No, no. So that was all right. So I, and earlier, just before that, I'd put in my Bluetooth earbud things. And I for, I forgot to press any play on, uh, uh, play on anything on my phone. So I just had these earbuds in. With not doing anything, but they were connected to my phone. I walk in, as soon as I walk in, my phone starts ringing. And it's a customer call person from Bow Repairs. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Hey, we've just noticed you've paid for a puncture repair, but you haven't put a date or time in or anything like that. Um, can we help you, like, organise when, when you want this done? And I was like, oh, no, no, it's already been done. Um, everything's good. I just had to pay for it, so I didn't put anything in. I just paid for it. Oh, okay, that's cool. No worries. Have a good day. Good. So then I have to walk through the supermarket. Now, the two-meter rule, people don't – that doesn't mean anything to anybody, especially pack-and-save workers. They are all over you like rash. Oh, I have to say – I'm going to – I'm going to bleep that out later. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to interrupt as well because Dane's paranoid about it. So I, I, had, w- I, I don't had, blame him because – No, absolutely. Because and, I've got a story in a second. Yeah, so – and people, we're being audited. People are coming around to check that this two-meter rule is being – yeah, observed. No, it's so not. I um I had my lunch break. I'd clocked out and all the rest. I grabbed some stuff, and I stood in line. And we've got the two meter marks. Yeah, and I yeah. I thought I was a good distance from this woman anyway. My phone rings. I had my Bluetooth earphones in as well. Answered the phone. And it's it's Dane. He goes, "Can you make that two meters, thanks?" And I look. I went. Oh, I suppose it was a meter and a half. So I took a step back. So thanks. We're being audited. And um. Yeah, and and it, so he, I was like, okay, that just looked weird because I just my phone rang and then I hear this thing and then I step back and then it, it, yeah, it was just weird. Because uh, what happens <laughs> to pack and save is they've got the click and collect thing, whatever they call it, with the lockers out the front, yep. and we're walking past them. Now every time I've seen this, and this is before coronavirus, but today it was especially noticeable. Thing. They yep. had about five shopping trolleys just chock a block out there and they're trying to figure out where it's going to fit into all these lockers and stuff but when they do that the stuff's just sitting in the sun for like i don't know a long a a time oh really because i thought it was like po boxes where they put them in from the other side no they come outside with all of it it sits in the sun while they're opening up all the lockers and trying to stuff around and you can see meat and milk and all sorts just like because i think the lockers themselves are chilled so i think it kills them back down but i'm just like "Mm, no Anyway, back to the supermarket. I'm wandering around. Um, which pack and save? It was Clarence? Yeah, Clarence. Clarence Street. Yeah, sorry. And yeah. Uh, the people picking all the online stuff are all over the place. They're the ones that are like reaching in front of you and a hand will just appear and they just don't care. Um, then uh, in the uh, if you go shopping, I know you're probably focusing on your own stuff and that, but seriously, really pay attention to what other people are doing. This guy who's in shorts and t-shirt, probably in the older range bracket, he does this giant cough all over the Coomera. Then he realizes from his second and third cough, oh, I should cover my mouth. And he coughed into his elbow. 
But I was just like, oh, that's so gross. People touching stuff. And you then, just don't want to buy produce, eh? Nah. But anyway, people all over the place, people touching things, rubbing the things. Yeah, we got to- we're telling people at the store, you know, at the entrance, if you touch it, you buy it. Don't pick things up and put them down. And, yeah, you see it all the time in the store. And I, I haven't called them on it because it's... Yeah, it's tough. It's it's so ingrained. Yeah. You know? Anyway, there's a lot of young people there, just shorts, T-shirts, channels, didn't seem to give a shit, just wandering around like, yeah, you could just see it. Uh, anyway, I just get out to the car, just about loading up the car, phone rings again, it's a guy from Bow Repairs this time, hey Sam, how's it going, I've got a note here to ring you. Okay, I don't know what it's about. I said, oh that's interesting, so I tell him the whole story and I said, there's absolutely nothing I need from you, but everything's good. He goes, okay, I'll just mark that off as done, you have a good day. <laughs> good old Bow Repairs. Um, I've got actually a shopping story for you, might like. It's not a great story, but it's a story. So this old guy comes in, and I'm uh, I'm filling some shelf. Oh, I can't remember what I was doing. This was yesterday. I was doing something, cutting some boxes open, whatever I was doing. He goes, um, oh, I need some a hand with some sugar. So he's an old dude. He's quite tall, but he's you know, old. Yeah. Like, and can't walk very quick because I was walking at a normal pace and he was I was losing him. Okay. Um, he goes, I need a, need a hand with some sugar and bits and pieces. And then he goes, as we're walking, he would not get close to me. He was staying good, good six good, feet away, yeah, good which man. is fine. He goes, I don't want to touch anything. I'm like, fine. He says, I rang in. I said I wanted to pick up some stuff. And they said they'd have somebody get it for me and take it out to my car. <laughs> and that somebody is Chris. And that somebody is now me. And yeah. I'm like, sweet, no problem. I'll give you his whole shopping list, shall I? Yeah. Because this raised questions for me. Okay. One bag, a kilo of whole milk powder. Mm, yeah, okay. Two bags of 500 gram Brazil nuts. So, one kg of Brazil nuts. Uh, yeah, okay. It seems like a lot of Brazil nuts, but okay. 120 kgs of sugar. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Is that for making alcohol? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I never asked him. Oh, I didn't, I didn't. come on. <laughs> I, I need to know. <laughs> I, know. I know. What? And then it was worse because then I was like, I push it out because I don't think he had the strength to push that trolley anyway. What's he doing at the other end? Is he going to break the bag? Well, no, hang on, hang on. So I, I pushed how it many out ba- to his car. Hang on. I said, oh, which how, ca- how big are the bags of sugar? So the uh, six 20 kg bags. Okay. So the, the yeah, freaking yeah. big heavy Sacks, yeah, sugar yeah, sacks, yeah, yeah. same as flour or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, I threw them on the trolley, pushed the trolley in, we waited in line. He paid for it. Um, I made him use the hand sanitizer after he used the keypad, you know. You know yeah, he, yeah. I got it. Hose them down, yeah. All that stuff. And then I wheeled, went out the door and I said, left to right, left, okay, over there, we're second row, go down there. I said, which car? Those two. Huh? Um, and there's an old guy in the other car and he goes, can you throw three sacks in each? Oh. the boot of each car. Just the. Just, That's even worse. Just, that makes but less just, sense. But just the sugar. The, the they sugar. didn't have. He the, grabbed the whole milk and the Brazil nuts. Okay. And uh, and I and we to, still don't know exactly. I don't know what's... <laughs> I'm disappointed. It's the only word I could think of. I, I, I did wonder. I was gonna. I just didn't ask. I just. I was like, whatever. Hey, uh, uh, this this principal. <laughs> sorry, a, a story came out today of a principal in Christchurch. Turns out they're an idiot. Uh, they've been sending out some information to people. Chris, you're gonna love this. Uh, they've had to apologise. It's a primary school. 
Um, they've been sending out some information to help people, uh, you know, prevention tips for COVID-19. One of them was um, gargling hydrogen peroxide and holding their breath every morning to see if they've... Uh, oh, good God. To see, that's a verification test, Chris. You're supposed to hold your breath for 10 seconds. You're not. Do not listen to this. This is a dumb person. Um, and if you can do it without coughing, without difficulty, you've probably got no fibrosis in the lungs. The other thing, Chris, you're going to love this. Hot drinks such as infusions, broths, or simple hot water should be consumed abundantly. Uh, they had to apologize, and they were horrified to find out she was wrong. So. Oh, my. The information had been God. provided by a trusted education consultant and slipped through wider checks. Now, that's the thing. If you hear something, just use uh, some common sense and don't take everything you hear. As- no, no, no. Um, yeah, even the stuff you hear from us. Did you know? And I think we're pretty savvy on a lot of this. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, tobacco might have the answer for us, Chris. Philip Morris and British American Tobacco are developing coronavirus vaccines as we speak. They are right into it. And it's because they brought up big biopharma tech over the years. And a lot of that's to do with the vaping thing and to make sure that's all good. Um, but they're in so, su- that, so they're experts on lungs, mostly for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they are basically working out how to create antigens. They're putting it in tobacco plants, and then they can create a vaccine and then probably get us addicted. It didn't say that last bit, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, but they think that using tobacco could potentially make a vaccine production available in six weeks. Like, that's how fast this can work, as opposed to traditional methods. And this may sound really weird, but it's because way back in the day, um, they started doing something about this with Ebola, and it worked, but they didn't have enough time to get it to market before somebody else did. Um, And they said they're doing preclinical trials, and they reckon they could produce one to three million doses a week by June if it gets approved. So... Okay, I need to unpack some of that because that, that went over my head a bit. So what you're saying is they the the method of getting the vaccine is inhalation. You're you're smoking it. No, I'm not 100 percent sure to be honest. It's okay. a plant based vaccine, and somehow the tobacco can be used to insert these antigens into it. So it must be just how the plant grows. So it's a GMO plant. I guess six so, yeah. weeks is not enough time to grow. A tobacco plant. So I don't know how that works. Oh, no, I I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, I've got more questions about that than no, anything No, but they else. don't need to grow a full tobacco plant. They're not growing it to... Uh, I don't think they have to grow it to uh, maturity. Right. So you could probably have something growing in a dish or something. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, all right. That's, that's interesting. Okay. In, in episode 200, Chris... Yeah. You'll remember it well. We talked about that uh, Hamilton guy that built that drift track around his house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's back in the news again. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Takisha Tururu. I probably butchered that. But he was um, facing boredom uh, of the lockdown. And he was like, oh, it's... um, But you've got a drift track. Sorry. Yeah, no, he does. Around his house. He does have the drift track. But he said it's not... um, probably not a good idea to be racing around in my skyline uh, because if something happens then i might injure myself or the family so that's not good 
So just oh, be- so he's a responsible motorhead. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So just before oh, somehow I've clicked on something else. But just before he um went into lockdown, he built this little go kart, drift go kart. It's very cool, and he's drifting around it, and his wife's going to have a go with it and everything. And um, it's like a little square box car. And it's <laughs> not it looks a- like something out of Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not. Um, it's made out of core flute sheets and alloy angle from Bunnings, and uh, it's like a little racing go kart. And um, yeah, he can just drift around, and it, he goes, "Oh, it only takes three liters of ninety-one petrol. Mm. It can last me for days." <laughs> and there's a video, so check out our link. Uh, pretty cool. So, you know, he's driving his wife crazy. I think from uh, racing around his little go kart now. Going to talk about swear words for a second. Yes. Because I was listening to something interesting today. Do you know the Dutch? So different cultures swear differently. So a lot of our swear words in English are sexually related. Yeah. Okay. Right. But Dutch swear words are all illness related. So one of the worst, worst swear words, worst things you can call somebody, literally translated is a cancer sufferer. Really? Nothing but a cancer sufferer. Oh, so they and, and they can and they say things like typhus off <laughs> instead okay. of piss off or whatever, and then um, they do have like uh, calling someone a whore, but if they um, really want to get the point it, across, get the point across, they're a cancer or cancerous whore. So they're very against cancer. Yeah, well, no, well anything illness related is just dirty. Oh. Okay, and so um, so it's a new part of the uh, teenagers are now saying, "Oh, he's a corona idiot." Well, we've got them here, so <laughs> I don't think it works. The I same. just thought that was fascinating that that's a thing. But anyway, and it, uh, Dutch isn't the only language that does that. Yiddish apparently does that. The, the original Hebrew, oh, uh, right. or whatever, um, has a lot of um, slight, uh, you know, insults based on illness. Interesting. Would have never have known that. <laughs> something, something different to think about. That's right. Um, okay, so I, I I listened to something else the other day too, and I thought this was cool. It was uh, the I think it was the Daily, um, New York Daily, and they did a an episode where kids ask questions, and they had an expert answer the questions of the kids. Yeah, and just one of the questions just caught in my mind. I just thought it was so cool. Um, they said, what colour is COVID-19? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, if you imagine the TV newscast, and they have it in the background quite often, the little cell thing with the sticks off it. Yeah. What colours? Yellow. Yeah. So the guy goes, yeah, that's not the way it is. The scientists will often colour code the pieces of the virus so you know what parts they are. They're not actually any colour because they're so small that they don't interact with light and light is what gives colour. So there is no colour. They're colourless. Oh, right. But all the graphics you see, when it's got a colour, it's because the scientists go, oh, that's that piece there. So we'll call it all those pieces will colour red so we know what they are. Uh. And all those pieces will colour, the stems will colour green or whatever. And that's what it is. And I was like, "That's, that's fascinating. I would never know that. When we come out of this coronavirus thing and they start opening things up, Chris, what's one of the first things that you want to be opened up again soon? 
spookers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I can get some money. And I, some I don't know how legit this is, but I heard yesterday that the Wuhan wet market, where you can buy bats and eat that other weird animal, is already open. And they're already eating bats and the, the other thing. They've, they're making it illegal. Good. Well, they need to start doing that. They um, No, because there was a big call for it to be made illegal after the other one. SARS thing. I think it was SARS or MERS. No, SARS. SARS. And um, But it's funny. So the history of those wet markets is that when the communists took over and they had to make everything work, but it was all centrally um, defined – they couldn't afford to feed all the peasants, and the farming was really backward. Yeah. And so a bunch of people started eating whatever they could find. Snakes, pangolins, freaking any wildlife. Yeah, it was yeah. wildlife, Nom, right? nom, nom. Yeah, eat it all. And then they started selling bits of it. Yeah. Mm. And the government didn't like this, but they realized that they could not afford to feed these people, so they made it legal. So this became a legal trade. And now we're, what, two generations later? People have been generationally involved in this this market, but the Centers for Disease Control, um, CDC in the states and others, World Health Organization as such, have said this is a you know this is a problem waiting to happen. It's already happened before because SARS came out of a wet market as well, and the reason that that becomes a problem is when two different species interact, and what they have is they have a cage of let's say. Um, uh, ducks yeah. on top of a cage of bats or something, Which and the droppings go through one, oh, nice. and it drips all over the other. Nice. They end up eating it yeah. as well because it's in their food. Those ducks, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. so, yeah, and that's how it, this. That's how these viruses um, jump species and interact oh. and mutate. And so, yeah. But the thing is, it, that was all about the poor people. But in the last five years, since everybody's been getting oh, has rich, it, has it become a? It's the in place. It's uh, the yuppies and people with money that shop there, and they don't want it, you know, closed down because I eat only the best cobra. Yes. Um. So yeah. Anyway, they are trying to make that. Um, We've got two th- two things before we finish off, Chris. The last will be Tiger King. Okay, do you um, want me to talk about this? Uh... No, I've got something better. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Remember on the news, the USNS Mercy Hospital ship went into New York? Yes, yes. Yep, the big white ship with the Red Cross on it? No, it's Comfort went to New York and Mercy went to California. Yes, yeah, sorry. USN, yeah, Mercy's at LA, yep. Yep, sorry. Yep. So, but what do you do, Chris, if you don't believe it's there uh, doing what they say it's going to be doing? If you're a conspiracy theorist, what do you do? I don't know, get some binoculars and look. No. What happens if you're a train engineer? Then what do you do? I don't know. You take your train, and then you take it as fast as you can to try and ram that ship. There's a slight problem. There's not enough train track. So you derail the train 250 yards away from the ship and make it all crash. Because that's what a guy just did. What? Eduardo Marino, 44, of San Pedro, said uh, he did. He said it was suspicious and he did not believe the ship what it's for. So he decided to uh, drive his train uh, as far as he could and failed. But derailed the whole thing. No one was injured. Makes no sense. <laughs> but when you're batshit crazy, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and talking about batshit crazy, let's talk about Carol bloody... Actually... What's her face? I, I want to say, just before we go on to that, I've said this... I haven't said this on the podcast, eh? About the Germans... Um, what, in their spoon? No. 
<laughs> no, not the Jim and Marine Spoon. No, don't give me a laugh. Um, no, uh, so overseas, how people are dealing with uh, lockdown? No, I don't think you talk about this on the podcast. No. no. So um, from one extreme, uh, namely Rwanda, who uh, saw some, some teenagers out during lockdown and shot them. Uh, so that's probably the, 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 the most extreme. Um, to, I think, India was beating people. Yeah. Uh, that sounds right. Uh, Spain, I think, was making people do squats and press-ups in the street when they caught them. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, um, I don't know. It, dep- it all depends how much cocaine they had because I would have done heaps of squats and press-ups back in the day. Um, but the best, I think the best is Germany, and I'm going to put it on record here, and I reckon you should tell people because this is what we should be doing in New Zealand, as I understand it. And what they've done is they've got like a gym in each town or something like it might be from from a school or whatever, and they've put bunches of cots in there. And if you're caught out and about during the lockdown without an excuse, you get bundled into this gym and you're staying there for the rest of the lockdown with these other people. Away from everybody else. Away from everybody else. Yeah, you might have picked it up, but, you know, these guys might have picked it up. So you're going to pick it up together. You're in isolation together. And, oh... Yeah, no, no TV. Oh, what a shame! No <laughs> visiting your girlfriend because. Uh. So uh, I think that's what we should be doing too. That's right. And uh, if there's anyone to blame for all of this, it's Carol Baskins. Um, she may have killed her husband. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> if you haven't watched Tiger King, you should. I'm trying to get more people to watch it. Oh, definitely watch it. It is awesome. It's um, it's funny because uh, Global uh, News Podcast did a thing on it. We'd already watched all the episodes. And somebody, you know, news presenter went, rah, 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 and talked to one of their staff. And she was so into it. It was almost hilarious. And this happened, this happened, and not one of them has dress sense. Nobody, nobody at the show has dress sense at all. Their clothes are amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so interestingly enough, Carol Baskins put out a big blog post on her website saying the uh, portrayal of the Netflix documentary was inaccurate on her. She didn't like it. But if you go to her website, they have the whole um, breakdown of the company and all the people. There's so many people involved. And her organization. There's like a... Um, the big cat rescue, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, real. Lots of people. Like way bigger uh, organization than what it appeared on that Netflix doco. Oh, right. Board okay. of directors, board of trustees, board of everything, all broken down. And there's a whole ton of employees, and then there's a whole section for volunteers. Oh, Quite because interesting. the way it was portrayed in the video, or DVD, uh, documentary rather, what, yeah, this CC's working, uh, the way it was portrayed in the uh, documentary was it was totally staffed by volunteers and she was just taking no them. i don't yeah just on well from what i saw on her website it looks like there's a lot of people uh involved in that thing yeah anyway check it out do if, check it out now if you're are, one you gonna, the, are you gonna check out the podcast yes if you're one of the weird people that don't have netflix like somebody else i know just uh hit me up and i can organize something anyways yes i'm gonna listen yeah to the but podcast. the only thing is you've got to go and get a skinny account and use the yes so uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast um let us know what you've been listening to what you've been doing have you been driven crazy yet it's day eight i know some people are struggling 
Um, especially if you got no work, I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, I, as a zero-hour contract worker, with he's never been busier. <laughs> everything's been shut down. This time last week, I was pretty worried. Yes, because I was like, okay, I got rent for a week and a half or two weeks or something, and I'm screwed. Yeah, uh, and and I've got no savings, and nothing else will be coming in. Uh, I did try and get my MSD number. Oh, yeah, it was uh, an experience. Yeah, I didn't get anywhere with that, so wins isn't going to help. Um, well, they would, but they wouldn't answer the phone, so that's okay. Um, so, yeah, luckily, I'm working. I know, honestly, if you're in lockdown and not physically racking your body uh, for eight hours a day, I envy you. <laughs> Very good. Until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.